0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: So, the other day I got a call from an old friend.
2: Hi, Claire, it's the ABC here.
1: They were planning a second season of The Pineapple Project.
2: We're planning a second season of The Pineapple Project.
1: Yeah, I already told them that. I said, yeah, cool, sounds great, but you'll have to find a new host because I'm in the middle of a career crisis right now. And I was. I don't know where you have your career crisis, but I am a busy woman, so I have mine in the shower. What am I doing with my career? Why don't I like telling people what I do? Why are some other people so happy in their jobs? Am I burnt out? Is it too late for me to change what I do for a living? What will my childhood self think of what I've become? How long have I been in here? Am I alive?
2: Claire, you're not alone. We're here.
1: What? Hand me a towel. What are you doing here?
2: We're here to make your life better. And this season isn't about money. It's about... Work, 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 work.
1: I don't want to be a CEO. I don't want to run a Fortune 500 company. I do not want to own a power suit.
2: You don't have to do any of those things. It doesn't matter what your job is. We're just going to make work sweeter and less of a prick to deal with. Take my hand. Come aboard the pineapple with me.
1: Uh, You know, that really doesn't sound right. Do we need to have a talk about appropriate workplace behaviour?
2: We will, Claire. Now you're getting it
1: but I don't have my shit together.
2: Now you're really getting
1: it. All right, hand me my bathrobe. So why are so many of us unhappy at work? I'm Claire Hooper. This is The Pineapple Project. It was a show about money, and now we've mastered that. If you haven't mastered money yet, you can go back and listen to season one at any time. It will change your life. It's time to make work sweeter. It doesn't matter what you do or what you want to do. Together, we're going to learn the secrets of the people who are in control of their careers. Whether you're busting a gut trying to climb the ladder or you couldn't give a flying filing cabinet about your current job, by the end of this season, you're going to learn how to work smarter, how to network without wanting to vomit in your mouth and how to tell if you're even in the right job.
0: How many people don't enjoy their work? Well, recently came across a study that suggests more than half of all Australian workers are dissatisfied with their work. Hey, um,
1: more than half.
0: Yeah, more more than,
1: than
0: half. It's yeah, it's pretty full on, isn't it?
1: That's Jared Seagates. He's a career coach. So is he saying that half your workplace should walk out the door right now and not come back? No, of course not. Put the brakes on. Jared says, before you press send on that exit email, you've got to get your head straight. And that's where we're going to start.
0: Even the people that you would say have a dream job, they talk about being frustrated and feeling stuck, sometimes anxious and stressed by what's going on.
1: If more than half of Australians are responding that they don't like their work, here's the bigger question. Is that a problem? Like, should we like our work?
0: I don't think we have to put up with doing work we don't like or not liking the work that we do. I think we owe it to ourselves to find different ways around that. You know, it's not always about getting a new job. We've got responsibilities, we've got things that we need to look after and we can't just throw in our work and go and do something else. I mean, some situations are toxic and you need to take steps to change them. But often I think it's about taking steps to think about how you can change yourself because wherever you go... You take yourself with you. So if you've got a problem, if you've got a stress, you've got an anxiety, if you've got something that's not working for you, I think the place to start is with yourself.
1: What tips do you have for people who want to enjoy their work more without quitting?
0: Focus on purpose. So start with working out what do you value most? You know, what is it in your life that brings you most joy and most happiness? And then looking at, well, how do you create more of those moments in your work? So what do you value first? Second one, connect connect, connect, connect with the relationships that uh, you want to nurture, connect with the people that you enjoy spending time around and also connect with the present moment because I think a lot of the stress in work comes from worrying about what's coming up, the deadlines that are looming or or reliving things that didn't work for us. Um, and you've got to take action. You've got to do stuff that's different.
1: So what you're saying is it's possible to have a really good relationship with your work even if it isn't what you'd call your calling?
0: Yeah, I I believe so. I mean, we've read stories about people who uh, do the most menial, repetitive job but get great value out of it. They can see the contribution they're making and also realise what it allows them to do. So if you connect with what you value, the kind of things that you want to bring into your work, it doesn't matter what your job is, you can still bring those values into work, the way you show up, you know. If learning's important to you, it doesn't matter what kind of job you've got, you can always learn. If a contributing's important, you can contribute as someone who, you know, cleans floors or is a doctor. You can make that contribution. So the type of work is not necessarily the thing that gives you the happiness. It's how you connect with the work and how it aligns to your values. So taking the time to work out what your values are, I think, is very important. When I say values, I'm really talking about the kind of things that make you smile, those moments that bring you joy or vitality or happiness, the things that you can look back at the end of the day and say, I'm really thankful I had the opportunity to be that way.
1: Okay, so, Jared, imagine in the course of your working day you're given a comedian who is in the middle of a (laughs) career crisis and looking for... Um, a different <laughs> career entirely. What? What? How would you start a conversation with them about um, finding well, something that makes them happier?
0: Let's just say that was the case. And yeah. I would have the conversation. I'd say, tell us a little bit about what brings you happiness in your life or tell me about how you got to where you are. And it's interesting, conversation is such a powerful thing. You know, often we'll ask people to tell us the story of how they got to where they are and start right back from when they were kids, and think about the pivotal moments that have shaped who you are now. And these stories can lead to help the person become more aware of the choices they've made to lead them here, and what it is that this is giving them or not giving them. What do you love about what you're doing? What do you hate about what you're doing? These kind of questions can raise awareness.
1: Okay, Jared says it all starts by asking yourself that simple question. What matters to me?
3: While I'm working that out, can I train myself to enjoy it? When I teach about the growth versus fixed mindset to people, it's often a light bulb moment for them. And they learn that there's an alternative way to thinking about how you get good at something.
1: That's Professor Jill Klein. She's a social psychologist, wise woman, and generally a freaking genius when it comes to bringing your best self to work.
3: Growth mindset is a concept developed and researched by Carol Dweck, who's done over 40 years of work on this concept. And the growth mindset means that we see talents and abilities and intelligence as malleable, as something we can develop through trial and effort, through the processes that we put in, through focus. Whereas if we have a fixed mindset, we tend to see intelligence and abilities as fixed entities and something that we can't change. People with a fixed mindset, when they, say, face a setback or a failure, are likely to tell themselves that it happened because they're just not good at it, they don't have what it takes, or they might blame the situation and say, you know, I failed at this because it wasn't fair or it was ridiculous or not something I care about anyway.
1: Is the best way to distill the difference between fixed and growth mindset the way a person responds to criticism?
3: When someone has a fixed mindset, they tend to avoid challenges because you want to avoid a situation where you might get knocked back, right, because that'll be too threatening. If you struggle with something, you'll tend to switch to something you're already good at Mm because that feels more comfortable. And so people with a fixed mindset can often plateau earlier than someone with a growth mindset because they don't persevere or take the opportunities to stay in a difficult setting and try and overcome it and get better at something.
1: It's like when you decide, I'm going to cook tonight. So you hit YouTube for a quick tutorial and an hour later, you're still following the instructions, the chicken's not thawed, the potatoes are catching, the onions will never be golden. You think, stuff it, I'm ordering in. It's in those moments that Jill wants us to push through. But how do we become growth mindset people?
3: When someone with a growth mindset hits a setback, they're likely to say to themselves, what can I learn from this? It's good that I gave it a try. It clearly didn't go as well as I wanted it to. What would I need to do to get better at it? Where should I get help? Who should I ask for help? How can I teach myself? What we have to do is recognize when we're saying fixed mindset things to ourselves. So if we have a setback or we hear some criticism and we hear ourselves saying this means I don't have it or I'll never get good at this, we need to recognize that's a fixed mindset thought and then replace it with growth mindset thinking. This setback means I need to work harder at this. Maybe I need to get some coaching. I need to look honestly at what went wrong and see how I can fix it
1: it sounds exhausting. I'm trying to eat healthy. I'm trying to exercise. I'm trying to get the right amount of sleep. And I'm also meant to catch myself saying negative things and coach myself. I don't have time for this.
3: Well, I I can see where you're coming from, but a fixed mindset is also exhausting. The energy we put into trying to see ourselves as having all these wonderful fixed abilities and defend ourselves from any suggestion that we don't have them, that takes a lot of effort. And then what can happen with a fixed mindset is if we can't defend ourselves and we just come up against a wall, we can feel really, really devastated. And that's, of course, not fun and also pretty costly in terms of our time and our well-being.
1: So if you get negative feedback and go and have a cry, does that mean you're fixed definitely?
3: No, no. So even someone with a growth mindset can have a little cry at work? Oh, definitely, for sure. I mean, I try and have a growth mindset and there's the occasional cry at work. Um, I play soccer with our MBA students and I'm 57 and uh, these are mostly guys in their mid and late 20s and you know but I always managed to keep up and I had a really crummy game uh, one day and the fixed mindset thoughts started to come in I'm too old I'm embarrassing myself I don't belong here and then I caught myself and reminded myself wait No, I need to have more growth mindset thoughts. Um, Look, I scored a goal two weeks ago. I probably haven't aged that much in two weeks. Um, And everybody's making some mistakes out here. I'm not embarrassing myself. This is just for fun. It's part of our community. And I told myself some more growth mindset things. And that if I am losing some fitness, there's always the extra gym class that I can do in the week. (laughs) So this doesn't mean that you're going to be a... medical professor or, you know, a great athlete or something like that. But we can apply this to the everyday tasks and setbacks that we experience at at work on a daily basis. Hmm.
1: So how do we get me one of these growth mindsets?
3: There's three things that can help us have more of a growth mindset. Number one is being aware that the brain is plastic, that over the last 15 years or so, as we've been able to do brain imaging studies, we can see the brains of adults changing because of the activities that they're gauging in. So if you practice the violin, just even for a few months, the part of your brain that controls the finger movement on your left hand will start to get more neurons and denser with neurons, and those neurons will be more efficient.
1: Oh, I can feel my brain growing.
3: Now what? When you take on a challenge or you have a setback or you hear criticism, listen for the fixed mindset voice. I don't think I have what it takes to do this. I'm not smart enough to do this. Let's say you're taking on a new role at work. Recognize, whoa, that's a very fixed mindset statement. Recognize that you have a choice. You can see this as a growth opportunity or as a test of whether you have some fixed ability. And then speak back with a growth mindset. So when you hear yourself saying, I don't think I have what it takes, I don't have the ability to do this, say, well, you know, I bet a lot of people struggled with this in the beginning. This is not something most people could do first time out. It probably takes practice to do it. Once my daughter, when she was in third grade, came home and said, after a math test, and she said, I'm just not a math kid. And I said, you said that to the wrong mom. <laughs> and before she knew what happened, she found herself in, in Kumon, and, and, which is a Japanese math program where you'd, you know, do some intense math. And, and now she does really well in math. Yeah, I bet she does. <laughs> All right, Jill, bring us home. What's the third tip? Staying in that struggle zone. So it's uncomfortable, it's tiring, but you are practicing. And when you make a mistake you go back and you do that part over and over and over and over again until you have it right. For somebody who's
1: miserable at work, is it possible that the work is right but the mindset is wrong?
3: Look, if you're you're in a challenging work situation and you have a fixed mindset, then you're going to consistently feel threatened. And if you have a supervisor who wants to point out your weaknesses to you, That's going to constantly be painful because it can be a sign to you with a fixed mindset that you don't have an important fixed ability. But if you're able to think about that feedback or those challenges or those setbacks as opportunities to get better at something, as a chance to learn something, as a chance to improve, then work is going to be a lot more enjoyable.
1: Well, Jill Klein, you just blew my mind. But how can I change my mindset when my brain is cluttered full of work stress? Come in. Who's that player? Mm. Walking down the hall. She's carrying a folder. I'm going to give her a call. Work, wife or husband? Because it's not a gendered term, guys. That's the way I like to work it. Wife. It's beloved ABC News Authority Virginia Trioli. What are you doing here? Claire, you asked me to meet you here. Oh, that's right. Uh, I want to invite you to be my work wife. I don't know if you've heard of it, but the work wife or husband is a special friendship that develops organically over time. It's it's someone you make side-eye with in meetings, someone you take long coffee breaks with, someone who's got your back in the workplace. Well, I am very busy, but if it's not going to eat up too much time, I guess we
4: can try it. Also, I dump all of my work worries and stress on you. Yeah, no, that's not going to work, but how about this? I can teach you one really simple thing that'll help you to put your worries away and ultimately... Free you up to enjoy your growth mindset. Mm-hmm. This is a trick I learnt from a guy called Stephen Covey, who wrote a great book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Hit me work wife. Okay, Claire, get a pen. Draw a big circle on that scrap of paper you've got there. Yep. There we go. Now draw a smaller one on the inside. Nice circles there, Claire. Okay, so the outside circle there is your circle of concern. We've all got a wide range of concerns at work, like our our boss's mood, the budget, whether your hair will be done by the time I get to go on telly. That's a big one of mine. Now, we can't do a thing about these, they're out of our control.
1: So write yours in the circle of concern, Claire. Okay, okay, so will the crowd at tonight's gig be too drunk? There we go.
4: Nice. Now, the inner circle is your circle of influence. They're the things that you can do something about. For me, like making sure I've got my questions to the Prime Minister absolutely right or, or making sure there's something in the fridge for dinner tonight. So write yours in the little circle, Claire.
1: Okay. Um, I've been swearing a bit too much here in the office. I guess I can stop doing that.
4: Uh, you could try.
1: <laughs> okay.
4: Got that? Mm -hmm. All right, so here's the magic. What you have there, Claire, is the choice about where you focus your attention and your energy. If you want, you can focus all your attention on things outside your influence. But what's that going to do? It's going to frustrate the shit out of me, make me angry, waste my time. Exactly. But what happens if you focus only on the things that you can influence? I'll be
1: proactive. I'll be more positive. I'll get more done and... I'll feel liberated. There you go. You're welcome. I I knew you'd be a great work wife. Now, let me give you some free advice. I'll take that later. Bye, Claire. Oh, great. Mmm, that's how you work it, wife. Yeah. Wow, thanks, work wife. Oh, it's been a big day since I got out of the shower. I should probably change out of this bathrobe. Anyway, what have we learnt? You need to ask yourself why work's important to you. When something's hard, don't give up too easily. Your brain can handle more than you give it credit for. Be proactive and don't spend time worrying about the stuff you can't control. Just by changing the way you think about things a tiny bit, you can make every day at work way more rewarding. All right, pineapple people, it's pledge time, you know, that bit where we make a promise to ourselves and we all work towards it together? Here we go. I'm doing my dream job. Or so I thought, because it doesn't always make me feel good about myself. Does that mean I was wrong about it being the right job for me? I, Claire Hooper, pledged to work out what my real dream job looks like and be doing it in 12 months' time. So, you know, nothing too life-changing. Okay, now, your turn. My pineapple pledge is to work on productivity techniques to improve my workday. My pledge is to not continue the workday into getting home, into the evening, emails in bed
2: before bed emails in bed the next day my pineapple pledge is to have the courage to stick up for myself a bit more. put my phone away when i'm at work put it in a drawer
1: my pledge is to seriously limit my use of social media so i can actually do some work i'm a freelancer and i need to buy shoes my pineapple pledge
2: is to not conform for the next 12 months so i'm just going to be nomadic and take gigs Anywhere in the world.
3: My pledge is to take a lunch break. I always eat at my desk. People interrupt me. I don't enjoy my food. My pledge is to stop staying back at the office so late. I suspect I'm not even getting that much done after six. I hope my boss doesn't hear this.
1: My pledge is to only feel responsible for the things I'm actually responsible for in my job. Awesome. We're going to get there. What is it you really want to achieve at work this year? I want to know. Do you want a promotion? Maybe you want to work from home one day a week. Maybe you just want to start taking a lunch break instead of eating your lunch at your desk. Do you want to clock off on time? Maybe you want more shifts. Maybe you want your boss to acknowledge how valuable you really are. Maybe you want a complete career change. Don't worry, you can be same as me. Leave me a message on 1300 641 22 I can't wait to hear your plans. I'm Claire Hooper, this is The Pineapple Project, and together we're getting better at work. Next on The Pineapple Project, there are two kinds of people in this world. You have people who get stuck in, And get it done.
4: So as
3: Foreign Minister, I would have meetings scheduled back-to-back. Sleep was almost an optional extra sometimes.
1: And then you have the people who wander aimlessly through their careers without a plan or a system and never have control over their own work and then they die. We roll out of bed and we check our phone. And you just lost control of the agenda. Oh, God. (laughs) What do people who get it done, what do they know that we don't? You don't need to manage your time, you need to invest your time. What? I'm a great believer in lists. I'm crossing my fingers for myself. Subscribe now so you'll be the very first to hear every fresh and juicy episode and share a link with a friend who's been a bit slow on the uptake. Or you can just hear it in the ABC Listen app. This is a production of ABC Audio Studios.